0: believe that day is coming here in post falls but I'm excited for for baptisms this Sunday. Um, I absolutely believe that this is going to be the launch of the, our future as a church and what God has God has put on my heart because I believe vision is important. Right? Vision is, is vital to the church. We gotta have it. So many I, I have been to churches so I'm not knocking the churches but I have been a part of churches that just show up to Sunday. They worship God, absolutely, preach a little message, and they go home. And that's what they do. I don't want to be that church. I want to be alive. I want to have vision from God. I want to reach post-falls for Jesus. That's what we want to do here, right? Yes. Let me show you in Scripture why, why, why having a vision is important. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law we got to have a vision, guys. The Amplified puts it this way. I like the way the Amplified puts it. Where there is no vision, no revelation of God in his word, the people are unrestrained, but happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. And then I love, you know, I don't use the message a lot, but I love the way the message puts this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most Blessed. Having a vision is important. We have to have it. And Jesus knew that. And right before he left, he gave us a vision, didn't he? He gave us vision. Let me read it to you. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. To observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus gave us the mission. Mission. He gave us a vision for the future. He gave the church purpose. But not only that, this was a prophetic vision. It was prophetic in in what he was saying. I, I want you guys to understand that. Jesus wasn't just saying, oh, go and do this. He's saying, this will happen. Let me let me let me let me explain that. Revelations chapter seven. We get to the end, right? This is a prophecy, and in Revelations chapter seven, it says this: After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, that no one could number, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Jesus sent the church on a mission. He sent the river church on a mission. But it's also a prophecy. It's what will be fulfilled in the future. So he's guaranteeing success. Do you understand that? He's saying you will be successful because this will happen. The gates of hell will not prevail. You have to know that. Jesus' church will be successful. It will. River Church, we have purpose. We have a calling. We have a vision. It's what every good church in the history since Jesus is resurrected has done. And that is to build his kingdom, go into all nations and disciple. Do you realize that we are direct, direct, direct result of this, of this vision? We are. Think about this. Jesus spoke these words in Jerusalem, right? We live in Post Falls, Idaho. We are about as far from Jerusalem as you can possibly get. We are the direct result of go into all the world, all the nations, and disciple them. We are on the front line of what Jesus called the church to do. We are almost at the finish line. We're getting right to the end. We will be successful. Yeah. We're a part of an assemb- assembly, a fellowship that was built on missions. You know the Assembly of God? The Assembly of God was founded as a missions organization, that was their sole purpose. The original Assembly of God is we're gonna send missionaries. That's what we're gonna do. We're still doing that today. You know the assembly of God is sending missionaries into countries that no other, no other organization will send missionaries into? We're, we're some of the very few that will send missionaries to the hard countries, the dangerous countries. I, I'll sit at conference. I sit at conference, and every, every, every year they have the missionary that they can't give you their name. All they can do is give you their ID number because it's dangerous. And people are watching around the world to see who is preaching the gospel, the assembly of God is doing that. We're a part of that fellowship. We're a part of that. So where does that leave the River Church? Right here in Post Falls. Well, we're going to go on a mission, the same mission that every true church that has ever been around since Jesus was resurrected has been on, and that is to make disciples. It's a prophetic vision. It's a prophetic vision to make disciples. Let me, let me share what the Lord spoke to me a little bit about. About four years ago, the, the lead pastor of the church that I, that I was working at asked us to, he wanted to rebrand and, and redo the mission statement. So he asked everybody, he said, why don't, why don't you pray about it, see what the Lord says, and let's all come back. And, and for the record, we never actually did that. We never actually got a rebrand or a remission statement. That never happened. But Tracy and I took that serious and we started praying. The Lord gave us a mission statement. But we knew then it wasn't for that time, that it was for the future, right? And then, and then that Sunday, a gentleman who I trust, a dear friend of mine comes up to me and says, you know, while I was worshiping, I got a vision from the Lord. And, and, I, and part of what our, the main, the main thing that Tracy and I got for our vision statement was bringing people to belong to Jesus, bringing people to belong to Jesus. And so that Sunday where I'm in, I'm in church and he comes up to me and he says, I got, a, I had a vision in the middle of worship and you were preaching to a congregation, but it wasn't here at this church. It's a different one. And you were bringing people to Jesus. And you know, I hit that in my heart for so long, but I want you to know now is the time. Like right here in Post Falls, we're going to bring people to Jesus here in Post Falls. I want to talk to you about a scripture that, that is in the Bible in Luke chapter five is, if you want to start turning there, it's about when, when Peter gets his call. It's about when Peter starts fishing, right? So it's Luke chapter five, verse one, and it says this. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, Have you ever worked at something really hard and had no success at all i think we all have probably been there right like we you toiled and you toiled and you toiled and nothing ever came of it i remember a, a number of years ago was before covid tracy and i put our house on for sale in sandpoint so in our minds we thought we were going through the summertime rise of prices and so our goal was we're going to sell in the summertime and in the wintertime, when the market flattens back out, we will, we will, we will uh, buy the, our dream home, the home that we've always wanted, because prices are up, and, and we didn't owe that much, and so we were excited about that. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever sold a home, but it can be more difficult than that, right? So this was in the middle of summer, and I just want you to know that, I don't know how you guys are, but my wife and I, we have different standards of cleanliness, we just do. It's just like before my wife will allow someone to come our, to our house, the house is going to be spotless. So, the things that I would let go, she would make sure it gets done. I find it tedious, she finds it therapeutic. I don't know what it is, right? We're just built different that way. And all summer long, we had so many showings, okay? We had, we had times where, you know, I love being on the water, right? That's my jam. We had so many times that we were on the water, we were at the beach, and we'd get the phone call, hey, somebody wants to see your house in an hour. And we'd have to run home, clean our house, do the yard. Well, I was, We were on vacation, and on vacation that week, four showings, random, we didn't even know they were coming. And, and we would run home from what we were doing, clean our house, get the yard done. It became exhausting, and I don't know how You guys feel, but when you have four little kids at home, it's hard to keep your house clean. It is. It's difficult. My wife does a great job, but it's difficult to keep your house clean. We were in the, and you know what happened out of that? Our house never sold. (laughs) And I didn't get it. Like in our neighborhood, smaller homes that are in the exact same shape, were selling for more than what we wanted for our house and it never sold. And it was frustrating. But you know what's a blessing? Our house never sold. Yeah, yeah Because the market never went down. <laughs> that was the beginning of the market going up and staying up and never coming back down. We would not have been able to afford a home at the current market, even if we had sold our house. Like, it, it was a blessing from the Lord, but we didn't know it at the time. And see, sometimes... You you try something for a long period of time, and it gets frustrating, and there's no fruit. But what happens when Jesus says, throw out that net one more time? What happens when Jesus says, throw out? Are you willing to cast your net with Jesus? Even when you've tried it before, even when you've done it before, are you still willing to put your nets out? I don't know what it's been in your life that didn't bear fruit. But Jesus wants to know, are you willing to cast out your nets? There might be some of you in the room that might say, I've already tried that. I've done ministry. I've, I, I've ran ministry. I've, I've, I've reached out to my friends and, and my co-workers, and it just doesn't seem like there's any fruit or my family members that don't know the Lord. And then sometimes we can get into a cynical place, and this is when it gets dangerous, right? We get to a place where like, they're never going to accept Jesus. Do you know how powerful the Holy Spirit is? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, he, he saved a wretch like me. He can save anybody. And we get to this cynical pay, place and then you know what happens is we stop throwing out our net. Yeah. We stop. And yet there was somebody that God put in our life to preach the gospel to and we don't make the catch because we don't have our net out. We can't do that, guys. This morning, I'm going to ask you to cast your net. I'm going to ask you to cast your net. Church, if we're not fishing for men, what in the world are we doing? Are we even passionate about for what, what Jesus is passionate about? Are we even saved ourselves if we aren't trying to lead people to Jesus, the same salvation that we've received? Are we even saved ourselves? Because it's what Jesus has called us to do. And some, some people act as if Jesus is this big secret. Like, let's just keep it right here. And let's not tell anybody about it. And we can't do that. We can't do it. And here's why I believe this is, this is so important. A few months ago when I accepted the, the, the role of lead pastor of the river, it was literally the fulfillment of many prof- prophetic words that were spoken over my life. Over and over again. But as, and we're gonna talk a little more about it, but as as I was praying about it and seeking Jesus about it, he, he told me, like I felt the Holy Spirit led me and said, to say, You have two years to build a foundation of ministry that happens here at the river. You have two years to get those nets out, and I'm gonna bring a harvest. Matthew 9, 37, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We have to get our nets out. We have to reach out to our community. We have to be Jesus in Post Falls. Let me ask you this. If the River Church disappeared right now, we all were gone, River Church folded, would anybody in our community even know that we were gone? How many people would that affect other than us right here? That's a a powerful question. How many people would even know we were gone if we disappeared right now? Are we reaching our community? Do we have our nets out? Are we doing it? Let's keep reading. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch and the fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they they left everything and followed him. One thing that is important to understand is that all around the world, in every country and in every community, there are people that are hurting and seeking that need to belong to Jesus. All over. The, the, we, we, we miss our opportunity all too often because we don't have our nets out. You can't catch fish if you don't have your nets out. It doesn't work. Peter wasn't catching fish because the nets were in the boat. And Jesus said, put your nets out. And all of a sudden, the miraculous happened. When I, was, when I was 12 or 13 years old, my uncle took me fishing. I think if I remember correctly, I think it was on Black Lake. And we spent the day fishing. We had a great time. In fact, we almost wrecked our, the boat like it almost hit land when we weren't paying attention at one point in time when we were swimming. And we just had this wonderful day. That was the last time I went fishing. So I can officially say that my life's goal is to catch fish, right? Right? Some of you that are passionate about fishing are like, no, you're crazy. You're an idiot, right? If I said, hey, listen, I went fishing at 12 or 13 years old and that now... My life goal has since then has been to catch fish. And I'm 40 now. That sounds crazy. But that's what we do, right? Some of us witness to our friend one time and that was our fishing for men. Or some of us witness rarely or very few times. And we think we're fishing for men. Right? You can't be a fisher for men if you're not if you don't have your nets out. God, Jesus has called you to be passionate. He has called you to be consistent. He has called you to be faithful in fishing for men. Jesus tells Peter, cast out your net. And sometimes we need to remember that when Jesus calls us to be fishers of men, that's when the miraculous happens. That's what happens. So what does Peter do? He has this understanding that there's more fish than he can handle. And he begins to call for help, right? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So I told you, I felt like the Holy Spirit had, had said, you know, you have two years, get your nets out, build this foundation of ministry that happens. Because I, I, I had this dream when the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, I was, it, was, it was at night, and I had this dream. In the dream, I'm running all around the church, and I'm, and I'm trying to to get the sound working I'm trying to get the slides working I remember the mics weren't working I'm trying to figure out the mics there was problems in the building and I'm running all over the church trying to fix all these things and the church is packed I mean it is completely packed and I was so frustrated and angry because you know what I wasn't doing I wasn't preaching the gospel they were not hearing about Jesus and that's the key thing right there. Reaching people for Jesus, having our nets out is not a one-man show. It doesn't work that way. It's everybody putting their nets in the water. It's everybody doing their part. When Peter begins to get too many fish, he calls for help. It's not a one-man show. You all, all of us have to be in on it. We have to do it together. See, when you see an authentic move of God, you have this understanding that only Jesus can bring the fish. An authentic move of God will always lead us to humbleness, not pride. When, 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 you, when you have your nets in the water and there's a move of God, and fish are being caught, and, and people are coming to know who Jesus is, and building a relationship with Jesus, you know in that moment that it is only Jesus that does that work, and you're just a simple vessel. All you did was throw out the net. An authentic move of God will always lead us to humbleness. Listen, listen to what, what Peter does here in verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Peter understood it was not his abilities that brought the fish. He was not a good enough fisherman to bring that kind of a catch. And see, the thing is, you've got to understand, when when there's an authentic move of God, there will be people falling to their knees crying, Lord, this great thing you're doing, it's not me, it's him. It's not me, it's him. And that's what happens when you put your nets out. And Jesus says, cast your net, and God is moving. We have this understanding that it is not by my power. It is not by my skills. It is not by what I'm doing that this is happening. Church, I'm asking you this morning, put out your nets. Put out your nets. Give God an opportunity to fill those nets with the lost. Become fishers of men. So maybe you're sitting here saying, okay, Steve, I'm in. I'll put out my nets. What, what does that look like? So now we're going to tra- transfer to more of the practical side of, of what that looks like. What, what has God put on my heart for, the and, and many people in this room's t- 2023, 2024 vision for the church? Let, let's start with what we're trying to accomplish, because I want you guys to hear my heart on this. The goal is not to fill seats. It's part of it, and it does happen, but the goal is to make disciples. That listen, the idea that we want somebody to come in, pray a prayer, and then send them out and forget about them, that is not biblical. In fact, it is unbiblical. There's no biblical reference for that in scripture. That's not what happens. We make disciples. So I feel like God's given me five things five things that we're going to celebrate. Five things that we're going to get excited about when somebody comes to the building and somebody or we go out and we reach somebody and they start doing these five things or even one of these things. We're going to celebrate like crazy. We're going to say, "Okay, now they're on the path of discipleship. Now they're now they're starting to follow Jesus." So, the idea is this is why you see you belong here, right? We want them to belong to Jesus. And these are the five things. So, first one, you belong in the world, reaching the lost. How is anybody going to know that, that, they, that, they, that they need Jesus if we don't tell them? We are going to be reaching the lost. We're going to reach out. We're not going to expect them to come in, even though with the anointing of God, that might happen. We're not going to expect them to come to us and us tell them. We're going to go out to them. And we're going to tell them about Jesus. You see the disciples, they go out and tell people about Jesus. So anytime someone witnesses to their coworker, witnesses to a family member, witnesses to a friend, anytime we do an outreach and we're able to tell somebody about Jesus, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to party. That's going to be our celebration. And any time that somebody accepts Jesus as their Savior, we're going to celebrate like crazy, right? We're going to get excited about that. Come on. That's the first, like, hey, they're on their way to discipleship. They're on their way to discipleship. They start telling their friends they're believers. The second one, you belong in church serving others. We're going to serve. You can't be a disciple of Jesus and not serve other people. You can't do it. And that includes in the church and in the world. Right before Jesus is to be betrayed, right before he's about to be crucified, what do we find him doing? Washing feet. Washing feet, including of the man that was about to betray him. We're going to go out and we're going to serve in the church. When somebody starts serving in the church, when someone volunteers for children's ministry, someone volunteers to do media, someone volunteers to do something here, we're going to celebrate. When someone goes out in the world and they say, "Hey, I'm going to go help that guy. He's his car's broken down. I can help him." We're going to celebrate. We are going to serve one another in love and the world. That's what we're going to do. That is part of being a disciple. The third one, you belong in fellowship making disciples. We have to get to a point that we are purposefully, intentionally making disciples in fellowship. We are going to study the word together. We are going to laugh together. We are going to have fun together. We're going to pray together. We're going to cry together. We're going to do this life together, and together we're going to follow Jesus. That's how, we so- that's how we become a disciple. That's how we disciple. Anytime someone joins a discipleship group, anytime somebody comes to a, to, to, to a lunch and hangs out and, 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 and asks questions, anytime, anytime we're spending together, time together making disciples, we're going to celebrate. That's, that's what we have to do to make disciples. The fourth one, you belong in the Word, Jesus speaking to you. We're going to allow Jesus to speak to us through his word. The Bible is going to be our absolute foundation for truth. We will not veer from it. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, God created the, the earth in six days. Yep. We're going to hold on to that. We, listen, marriage is between a man and a woman. Yes. That is our foundational truth. We're going to hold on to that. Anything in scripture that that God declares, we're going to believe it and we don't care what culture says. We are going to absolutely believe every single word in that scripture, no matter what anybody tells us. Jesus is going to speak to us through his word and we're going to allow him to do that. And finally, you belong in the spirit, Jesus leading you. We, We believe that the Holy Spirit will speak to us, lead us, guide us, I believe the Holy Spirit is still baptizing people today. I believe it's still happening, right? Uh, Anytime somebody comes to us and says, I had a a word, I had a vision, I have a calling, we're going to celebrate that. Anytime someone starts speaking in tongues, we're going to celebrate that. We are going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to lead people to become fishers of men. Amen? Those are our five foundational principles that we are going to believe Jesus is going to bring to people that come to this church. And every time it happens, we're going to celebrate. So, now you're like, okay, well, that's great. How's that going to happen? What does that look like on a practical level, right? So, this is the, the if, if the 2023-2024 game plan, this is what this kind of look, looks like. We're going to focus on five ministries. Not that this will be the only ministries, but we're going to focus on the five ministries that are going to cause these things to come along children's ministry and i'm telling you there's not much i'm more passionate about than children's ministry yeah. youth ministry discipleship groups sunday mornings and outreaches and i believe that through those five things we're going to see these five things happen we're going to you know i want the children's and, and youth ministries i want them to experience jesus yeah. and i want them to have fun and I want them to go home and say, Mom, Dad, I want to come back to that. I need to come back to that. Jesus spoke to me. Jesus was, d- did something inside. Of me. I have seen six and seven-year-olds give their life to Christ and say, something happened inside of me. I want that. I be- the high school is right around the corner. Let's, let's bring as many teenagers to belong to Jesus as possible. Amen? Yes. Let's build up discipleship groups. Let's cause that to happen. Let's, let's do life together in groups. Sunday mornings, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to move on Sunday mornings. And the Word of God is going to go out and it's going to affect people's lives. And then I got to tell you, we live in an America today that, um, that most Americans don't trust the church. And we have to change that. We're going to go out and we're going to serve and we're going to love. And we're going to tell them about who Jesus is and they're going to say it's not your perception that matters this is Jesus leading us to love you. And those are the five things I believe that, that are going to help us accomplish those five things. If you're not conf- hopefully you're not confused. <laughs> so what do we got coming 2023 2024? On October 31st, we're going to do our a huge outreach. We're going to have bounce houses in in the sanctuary. We're going to have an arcade outside. The company comes and sets it up. We're going to do trick-or-treating around our building. We're going to decorate. We're going to invite the community to come in so that we can build that relationship with them and, and start that process of, we love you. We just want to serve you. We just want the best for you. On Easter, you guys, this last Easter, the simple thing that we did, we had 90 people show up to service. Come on people show up to church on Easter. We're going to do we're going to do an outreach. I don't know exactly what that looks like. I'd like to do an Easter egg hunt. Out here we have this enormous field. Why not? And then we're going to invite them to come to church on Easter Sunday believing they're going to start the process. We're going to do we're going to do next summer we're doing a summer VBS and a carnival. We're going to reach our, reach the kids in our community. My wife is passionate about VBS. She's already planning it. Sherry's passionate about VBS. I'm so excited for that. We're going to do a Thanksgiving potluck because we want to be in fellowship with one another. We're going to do a Christmas party. What about this? Summertime picnics. You know how many parks there are in Post Falls? Let's go out to the community. Let's let, let them see us serving and let's hand out hot dogs and ice cream and do those type of things. Let's do worship nights where the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us and lead us. Let's do that. This September, we're going to launch a coffee house Bible study at the church on Tuesday nights. I'm excited about it. We're going, to, we're going to do home groups. We're going to strategically map out and say, okay, where, where, where can we put a home in a group so that people will build fellowship with one another and Jesus can speak to us and lead us by Spirit? This, this September coming, we're going to do 30 weeks. 30 weeks of of Children's ministry. I've been talking to Alicia already. I've been talking to JD youth ministry, adult small groups, and personal Bible study. It's built for the entire family. So the idea behind it is, is what your kids learn in children's. It's the same concepts that your kids are learning in youth. And not only are they learning that in your personal devotionals that we have for you, they'll, you'll learn about it also. And then you'll study it in Bible study so that during the week you as a family. As couples, as married couples, because I don't know if you're like me, we don't talk enough about the Bible and Jesus as married couples. You can talk about what you're learning, what Jesus is leading you into. We're going to start that in September. It starts today with four baptisms, four to five baptisms, or how many ever the Lord brings today. I believe that we might even do more this afternoon. Amen. But it starts today, and I believe that we are going to begin the process of throwing out our nets and putting them in the water. And it's not going. We you, you ever notice when you're a fish, you can't force a fish in a net, right? Anybody ever try that? Like you can't force a fish into a net, but you can put your net in the water and you say, okay, Lord, I really, want, I really need a catch right now. And it has to be a work of Jesus has to be a work of Jesus. If we try to do this on our own strength, we will crash. That's not going to (laughs) work. If we try to do this on our own strength, we will crash and burn. It's only our reliance on the Holy Spirit that's going to matter at all. We have to come before him humbly, and we have to say, Lord, the only thing we want to glorify is your name. Not a man's name, not a church, only your name. And we just have to believe Jesus for that catch. Do you believe that he's going to do that this morning? Amen? Yes. This is what I have. Pete's going to begin to, um, as I'm praying here, Pete's going to hand out cards and pens. Okay? If you are committed, I will spend the next year, I'm going to put out my net. I'm going to put out my net. I'm willing to do the things to see God move in 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 post falls idaho i just want you to sign it put your name on it as a commitment i'm committing that these five things are discipleship and that we're going to try our best to make that happen in post falls idaho and then i want you to take that other card with the five things and i want you to post it somewhere you are going to see it over the year and you're going to remind yourself okay hey listen fellowship is important i should be in a group i should i should be i should be inviting people. To, to hang out with, to disciple. I, the word is important. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when we pray, we just say things, right? When what we need to be doing is listening. The, the reaching the lost is important. I'm going to tell my coworkers, my friends. Serving others, I'm going to make sure that there's an area of ministry that I am serving in the church. And then when we do an event outside of the church, I'm going to be a part of it. And I'm going to serve the community. So that's what this is. If you're saying, hey, for, all I'm asking is for one year 20, until July of 2024. One year of, hey, I will commit to throwing out my net in this church and in this community to see what Jesus is going to do. I just want, would you sign that for me? And then would you drop it in the offering bucket in the back? Just fold it up, drop it off. And we're going we're gonna to come back to that one day. If one day, one day we're going to come back and we're going to say, hey, listen, the year is up and these people committed and look what Jesus did. Amen? 15 people committed and Jesus brought 1,500 maybe. We're going to celebrate that at the end of, when we get into next July. I'm excited to, to go down to the park this afternoon. I'm excited for baptisms. I'm excited to see what God's going to do this coming year, trusting in him. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for all that you're going to do. Lord, we declare right now, we don't want any glory from this. We don't want it to be from our power because that will fail. We don't want it to be for our name because because we don't even compare to you, Jesus. Lord, our heart is to be on mission with you. We, We want to serve you. We want to get closer to you. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to be as close to you as we possibly can be. And so, Jesus, as we're casting our nets, we're doing what you called us to do. Lord, we pray that you would fill the net with overflowing abundance, that we will be able to say that, look what the Lord has done, and we will humbly fall on our knees and say, Jesus, you are Lord, and worship you. Jesus, I pray over this next year that you would do the miraculous that you would make disciples right here in Post Falls that would be sent out around the world. Lord, we can't do that in our own strength, but we want to celebrate when you do it. We give you glory, we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen.